All right. Good evening, my friends and followers. I'm your lawyer, Patrick McGinn, and I'm your best friend at your worst time. And welcome back to our Wednesday night, Law and the Life Live. Today, I want to cover a topic that's getting a lot of people in trouble lately, and it's easy to run afoul of this. It's relocation. When you have a family law case that's either pending or has a final judgment entered in it or has any type of orders where the court has taken jurisdiction over minor children in your relationship and you want to relocate, you have to follow very specific guidelines. Florida has a statute that was enacted in 2006 on relocation and it's statute number 61.13001. And it sets out what you have to do to relocate with the child. Before that, it was kind of a hodgepodge mix of things that didn't really go well. Now it's slightly less of a hodgepodge because now we have some type of standard to go by. And I want to cover some of these issues with you on relocation <clears throat> because a lot of cases are coming up on relocation because of the current economic state, the current lockdowns in the different states. I'm getting involved in several relocation cases. I recently had one that went to trial on a five-day trial for the relocation of the kids. And if you don't follow um, the relocation statute, you could have serious problems. And I'll get into that a little bit more later. Anyway, these, the statute covers any child who's under the jurisdiction of the court, which meaning there was a divorce case or a paternity case, it's either active or it's in the post-judgment phase, but there was a case where a court took jurisdiction over minor children and entered a parenting plan. Relocation, what do they define relocation as? In Florida, relocation is a change of residence of more than 50 miles for more than 60 consecutive days doesn't include temporary absence from the principal residence for vacation purposes, education purposes, or the provision of health care for the child. Those are exceptions to the relocation statute. So if, you're, if you take your kids on a European vacation every summer for 65 days, that does not require a relocation. That is not relocation of the statute. And you may be wondering who goes on European vacations for 65 days. It is certainly not me. But I have had cases where parents take their children, uh, one particular case, one parent takes their children to Europe for the whole summer. Other parent takes them to Australia for the whole summer. So it does happen. But if one of those things apply, it doesn't meet the criteria for the relocation. Okay, so there's two ways that you can relocate if the court has jurisdiction over your children. One is by agreement and two is by court order. The agreement is between you and the other parent that would be left behind. And you have to have a very clear agreement. What I'm seeing is a lot of people are mentioning, oh, I'd like to move, this, that, and the other. They're having a conversation about it. The other parent just really doesn't say, oh, no, absolutely not, you're not moving. And they come up and they go, okay, next week I'm moving to Georgia or whatever. And they end up moving and then a parent what the other parent that's left behind files a motion in the court, and then they have this big blow up. So if it's by agreement, you have to make sure it's clearly agreed upon. And you want to um, make sure in the agreement 
that for the non-relocating parent, there is a parenting plan that provides meaningful time sharing. And you want the court to ratify that. You want to bring it before the court and for the court to accept it and issue an order on it. That's how you do it by agreement. That's one of the two proper ways. The other is if there is no agreement or somebody just goes ahead and moves and you have to file for, um, <clears throat> has not filed for the relocation, the other parent has to file a motion to court to get the kids back or to get some type of time share. What I see in a lot of cases is parents are just picking up and moving. They're kind of getting, they're kind of discussing it with the other parent, but they're not getting that concrete agreement and they're certainly not getting anything in writing. And they're just picking up and moving. Had a case recently that I was involved in where a parent moved away. The other parent filed a motion for contempt because they had, it was post judgment, they had a timesharing agreement in place. Filed a motion for contempt and to return the children to the jurisdiction. Had a trial on the whole thing. The other parent had moved, purchased the house somewhere, had the child had the judge ruled against them. So the child came back to live with the parent who still lived in Miami because there's other parents away and bought this house and is not able to come back right away. So if they're not able to come back right away, they're gonna change time sharing to the parent that was here in this particular case. And you don't want that to happen to you. Number one, it's very stressful. Number two, and probably even more, is it's very, very, very outrageously expensive to have a, um, a case go through that's not a proper relocation case to either defendant or prosecutor, it's very expensive. So if you don't have an agreement, you have to file a petition through the courts to relocate with the child. And in the statute, there are very, there are several factors that the court will look at. And you can look at the statute and see all the factors that are in there. There's, there's a specific way that you have to file the petition, specific requirements in the petition, and you file it and if you address the factors, the court will address the factors, and usually they'll make a ruling for the factors. They'll say this factor favors, you know, parent A or parent B because this, that, and the other, and they'll run down the factors. Before the statute, it wasn't like that. <clears throat> the court can enter a temporary order before they have the full hearing. They can enter a temporary order on relocation, permitting or denying the relocation of the child if it has previously taken place. Now, if you have a case that, if your, your relationship just ended and there's been no case filed and there's no orders relating to time sharing with the children and one parent picks up and leaves, which happens a lot, then you have to file a case and you have to get the kids back because if you don't, if you let them move and they move away and they establish jurisdiction, residential jurisdiction and say another state and you never object to it, your time, if you wait until the expiration of that time after they've already established the residential, met the residential requirement of another state, you're gonna be out of gas and you're gonna be fighting your case in that other state. And that happens a whole lot. People move, they blow it off, they try to work it out. A year goes by, they don't work it out, they have a big fight. And then the parent that's left behind tries to file something in Florida and they're shocked when they find out that the kids moved because this person that got left behind never did anything. They've already established a residential jurisdiction in another state and Florida no longer has jurisdiction over the kids the other state does. 
So now the parent has to go to this other state to try to get some type of time sharing with the kid, with the kid or the kids. All right, when they look at the factors, the, um, the last factor that is listed, well, let's, let's go through some of the factors. I'll get my pages in order here because I'm out of order. <clears throat> A factor in making a determination regarding location of the child is a basis for ordering a temporary or permanent return of the child. We talked about that briefly before. The objection to relocation. Obviously, if you're having a hearing, there is an objective objection to the relocation. Okay. There's no presumption either way in the beginning of the case. The judge doesn't presume whether it's a good idea for the child to move, be relocated, or a bad idea until they have a hearing and he rules he or she rules on the factors. And here are the factors. Briefly, the nature and quality and extent of involvement, the duration of the child's relationship with the parent or other person proposing to relocate with the child and with the non-relocating parent, other persons, siblings and half-siblings, and other significant persons in the child's life. What that means is what type of relationship do they have with each parent or each other person who has custody or time sharing with the child? And the judge will look at that, look at the evidence in the case and says, okay, this factor favors whichever, or the factor can be equal between the parties. Next factor is the age and developmental stage of the child, needs of the child, and the likely impact on the relocation that the child will experience. Next factor, feasibility of preserving a relationship between the child and the non-relocating parent. The parent who is left behind has to have meaningful, significant time sharing to keep the relationship going. Otherwise, the relationship may deteriorate and become you know, un non-existent in some type, in some cases. They consider the child's preference taken into, into consideration the age and maturity of the child. Whether the relocation will enhance the general quality of life of both the parent and the child or the other piece, person seeking to relocate and the child Seeking a relocation and a child, including but not limited to financial, emotional benefits or educational opportunities. So if you're moving for a job, you're moving to go to college, or you're moving to improve your life and the child's life, that's a consideration and the factor that the court will take into consideration. Now, if you're moving to solely improve your life because you want to live someplace else, and it doesn't necessarily improve the child's life, that factor could be against you. For instance, let's say, like we all do, we live in Miami. Miami's a crowded, busy city. It's got high crime, and you want to move to Palatka or something like that. Palatka is a rural area, less crime, it's cheaper. That would benefit the life of the parent, not necessarily the child. The child can move to Palatka and have pretty much the same life they have here in Miami. It all depends on what evidence is presented and how the judge rules on the factors. The reason the other person, the other parent is seeking or opposing the relocation. Why is one person wanting to relocate? Why does the other person oppose it? The current employment and economic status of each parent or other person, 
proposing the relocation is necessary to improve economic circumstances of the parent or the other person seeking relocation. If you say you live in Miami, you lost your job, you can't find another job, but you found a job in Tampa. That factor, if you present that evidence competently, that factor could uh, go in your favor. That the relocation sought is in good faith and the extent to which objecting the objecting parent has fulfilled his or her financial obligations to the parent or other person seeking re relocation, including child support, spousal support, and maternal material property and marital debt obligation. Now, if you're seeking to move someplace and the other parent who would stay behind really hasn't been involved in the child's life, that refuses to pay child support, refuses to abide by the final judgment, and you present that evidence, that factor can rule in your favor. Career and other opportunities available to the objecting parent or pers other person if the relocation occurs, self-explanatory. History of substance abuse or domestic violence. And here's the catch-all. The last factor, which is a factor in almost every other determination that the court has to make. And it's, it's the catch-all that judges can rely on and you know, get around and rule in certain ways that they think is best. And that's the factor of any other factor, any other factor whatsoever, as long as it's relevant, affecting the best interest of the child as set forth in 6113, which is another statute which is about um, the child-parent relationship. So there you have it, relocation. If you want to relocate it, Relocate with the child more than 50 miles for more than 60 days at a time. Follow the statute. Otherwise, you could find yourself in a position where you have moved someplace else far away, established yourself, got a job there or whatever, and you end up having to move back or to, or having to send your kid back. I don't know which is worse without you. And you end up staying up there and you're the one that has time sharing and visitation every other weekend when you had you know, equal time or majority time before that. Keep that in mind. So two ways to relocate with a child. One is by agreement and get a court order on the agreement, have the court ratify the agreement, file it with the court, get the judge to sign off on it. Or number two, if the other party opposes, file your petition for relocation. Do not just relocate. Bad things can happen when you go on a spree and you just do whatever it is that you want to do without following the rules. And I'm seeing a lot of this and it's catching a lot of people off guard and a lot of people are going to great expense paying an attorney's fees for these relocation cases where there's an improper relocation. So there you have it, relocation. Don't do it unless you do it right. Thank you for joining me. I'm always humbled that you take time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. I hope it's beneficial. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd like me to cover, please let me know. I practice primarily three areas of law, which is family law, personal injury, and criminal defense. You can contact me and make suggestions or ask questions through any of the social media platforms that I'm on, or you can email me directly, patrick at bjmlawyer.com. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, Snapchat, just about everywhere. And you can find me, just put my name in it, Patrick McGeehan, name's down below. And uh, you can find me that way. Or you can feel free to call the office. If you Google me, my office number will come up and you can call the office and get a hold of me there. 
Thank you very much for joining me. Remember, every Wednesday I try to be here. I haven't been here for the last few Wednesdays because work and life just got in the way and it got crazy, crazy busy there for a while. So it's slowing down a little bit, but it's still constant. Um, so, and the courts are moving along down here in South Florida, especially family law and domestic violence. They're moving along at a very, very good clip using the Zoom conferencing uh, application. We're able to get a lot of work done on those cases. Like I said, we just did a five-day relocation case not too long ago. I've done full-blown trials and full-blown hearings over Zoom. It's really, really working well. Thanks. Enjoy your Wednesday night. Look for me next Wednesday at 6 for Law on the Life Live. I try to get in here every Wednesday. Thank you for your time, and I hope to see you next week.